Hello, friend. Welcome to Triple S Games, where I play and tell you about smaller games to broaden your gaming horizons. I'm your host, Mackenzie. I grew up playing all sorts of underrated hidden gems of gaming, and I'd like to bring you the same joy of partaking in something not popular, but still superbly crafted. Today, I'll be talking about Aviary Attorney, a visual novel mystery game developed and published by Sketchy Logic in 2015. You can download it from Steam or the Nintendo eShop for just about $20, soundtrack included. It took me around 6 hours to 100% the game, so I'd say that it's a worthy price for what you get. I found Aviary Attorney while I was scrolling through Steam, and it immediately caught my eye with its old-timey art style and unique character designs. I'm also a fan of the more prolific Ace Attorney series of games, which Aviary Attorney takes clear inspiration from, so I knew I had to give this game a shot. In Aviary Attorney, you take up the character of J.J. Falcon, a private attorney-slash-investigator in 1840s France. You and your apprentice, Sparrowson, must go around collecting evidence, finding witnesses, and bringing light to contradictions in court in order to bring justice to your society. Oh, and one more thing. Did I mention that they're birds? The entire cast of Aviary Attorney is made up of humanoid animals, as depicted by the sketches of J.J. Granville, which, if you're unfamiliar with, I recommend searching for now. They're wonderfully charming, and using these drawings was a great choice on the behalf of the developers. These drawings are public domain, and using these illustrations allows Aviary Attorney to create a highly artistic visual novel without setting aside a huge budget for art. The game is also soundtracked and inspired heavily by Camille Saint-Saëns' Carnival of the Animals, as well as a number of other classical composers with works in public domain. Liszt, Debussy, and Tchaikovsky all appear in the soundtrack, as well as a few original compositions from a composer by the name of Lyndon Holland. The atmosphere that this game was able to create from almost entirely free assets is wonderful, and a great example of what can be done with a low budget and a vision. Going into any visual novel where you play as an attorney, you expect a certain format. That being investigate, interrogate, investigate some more, and then go to trial. Aviary Attorney puts a bit of a twist on this, however. As you investigate, you're only given a certain number of days to do so, and going to most locations will consume your time. That means that getting precious leads is more important than ever, and creates a real sense of hurry that other detective games can sometimes lack. However, this also opens you up to the very real possibility of missing evidence. This didn't happen to me until the end of my playthrough, but missing evidence can be less of a drawback than it seems. Losing a trial doesn't force a loss. In fact, the game lacks a lose condition. Consequences will occur in the story, but you're allowed to press on in spite of them. It's honestly very interesting to see how the story branches when you lose a trial, but very few trials have actual impact on what ending you get. Investigative segments ultimately come forth as the game's bread and butter, as trial segments themselves are generally shorter and more straightforward. This gives the game great opportunities to build up the world you play in, which complements the story of the game in a greater way than bulky Ace Attorney-length trials would. This is a game that's designed around the telling of its story, and oh, what a story it is. Thank you for watching. If you've enjoyed learning about Aviary Attorney thus far, and would like to hear about other games you've never heard of, please consider subscribing to Triple S Games.
We're about to go into spoiler territory, and if you would like to play this game yourself, I recommend clicking off now and joining for our next episode. If so, see you there. If not, let's get into the story. The game opens with your typical starter trial. There's been a murder, and your defendant is the clearly innocent Caterline Demiao. Demiao? Forgive me, these French names are about to be butchered terribly. <laughs> it's a straightforward investigation and trial, in which you instead find one Baron Rorgiel guilty of the crime. There's only one problem. He isn't. Moments after you acquit her, Miss Catterline confesses that she did, in fact, kill the victim. Okay! This twist sucker punched me hard, especially have it handed it to me right from the get-go. This sets a point and a running theme throughout Aviary Attorney, that all justice is not necessarily just. However simple this trial is, as mentioned prior, you are fully allowed to fail, though. If you do, however, Catterline never confesses her guilt, and, as she sent to the gallows, the same theme is conveyed to an unwitting player. Well played, Ryder. Well played. This theme is continued throughout the story, where you see discontent and class struggle murmuring through the streets as you investigate. In the second chapter, you find yourself defending Prince Juan, heir to the Spanish throne. His crime? Attempting to murder the king. Bit of a serious accusation, but fortunately you're here to help. This trial shows things kicking into full gear as well, introducing Severin Cocorico, your cocky rival, a dangerous prosecutor, and potential source of unnecessary feelings, if you catch my drift. The first bout of investigation gives interesting developments, such as that your client is not, in fact, the Prince of Spain. I mean, makes sense, but still disappointing. When you confront the charlatan for lying, you get hints to JJ's own mysterious past, hinting that the name JJ Falcon is also a false name. Interesting. When you get to court, you're greeted by Judge Romulus, who replaced the prior judge after he had a nasty accident going down the stairs. During the trial, you're able to see just enough doubt that your client isn't guilty, or you get drowned so terribly that Severin demands the trial be extended for fear of a mistrial. <laughs> That's... that's funny, actually. <laughs> You're allowed another day to secure the evidence you need to score a not-guilty verdict, which goes well until you get thrown into the Thames River. Fortunately, attorneys are granted immortality for as long as they're mid-trial, and you make it out perfectly alive and holding a green pen. A green pen that was used to sign the receipt for some definitely poisoned chocolates. A signature from Judge Romulus. Well, that settles the case. After he's outed, Romulus yells something about rebellion and is swiftly arrested, though he escapes soon after. The next chapter is the last one, and spends more time going into the details of the planned revolution. Long story short, you're tasked with finding the Croc Monsieur, who has been dealing arms to revolutionaries. You find him, but good old Severin barges in and scares him off. Great. He also asks you about why you changed your name, which JJ doesn't exactly give a straight answer on. You go off to do other things, which is all well and dandy until you get a letter from Severin explaining that he is pursuing the Croc Monsieur and may be dead. Well, we can't just let our romantic interests die off like that, so we go to make sure he's okay. Which he is absolutely not. 
When we find him, he's hung on a wall, about to be executed by the revolutionary leader for killing the Croc Monsieur. The leader is a lioness named Beaumort, and behind her is Romulus and his brother Remus. Beaumort herself seems reasonable, but the brothers behind her are known cultists who seem to have a vice on her better reasoning. This is earnestly the most tense final trial I've had the honor of playing, and how it goes determines your ending. If you win the case, you reveal to the leader that she's been tricked into an irrational course of action by Romulus and Remus, the former of which did, in fact, kill the croc. Severin is released, and you both go home safe and sound. Severin asks again about your name, noting that the change coincides with the disappearance of one Viridian killer, a notorious bomber from the Revolutionary War. JJ insists that he is not, in fact, a bomber, but rather changed his name because his grandfather was a great man, and his name burdened JJ with heavy expectations. A little anticlimactic in my opinion, but I can understand where he comes from. That's beside the point, however. JJ and Severin both know that revolution is on the horizon, and a non-violent solution is urgent. This leads into a formal trial against the King of France, which, though you choose to defend, is an action done more for the sake of due process than in hope the charges should be dismissed. Just as the verdict is handed down, the true Viridian killer strikes. Part of the courthouse is detonated, and everyone inside must escape as rebel forces storm the building. The king is sentenced to exile, which JJ and Sparrowson ensure is carried out amidst the chaos. The future of France is uncertain, but what is certain is that everyone has done the best they can. The next ending is for if you fail to defend Severin, which is the ending I got on my first playthrough. JJ goes on to join the revolutionary forces, and convinces Beaumort to take a more peaceful route when she storms the palace. However, Romulus and Remus seed fear and distrust in both the rebels and the castle forces, leading to an outbreak of all-out violence. The king flees to Britain, new leadership is assumed, and JJ and Beaumort disappear in the wreckage. Not the best ending, but it's better than the third ending, in which JJ doesn't bother to help Severin at all. He loses his hope in justice and takes up the mantle of the Viridian Killer, setting France ablaze and... Yeah, this is pretty certifiably the bad ending. If I could change one thing about Aviary Attorney, I would want it to be longer. I love playing through each of the three chapters, and wish that there was maybe one more case between the first and second. Maybe some more time to learn about how Severin and JJ interact, or more foreshadowing about the rebel forces right beneath our noses. Visuals can also sometimes be unpolished or hard to see against certain backgrounds, which I think would be improved by dimming the brighter backgrounds. All things said and done, though, I honestly had a great time playing Aviary Attorney, and would love to see it get a sequel someday. Probably not in the same setting, or maybe not even with the same characters, but I would love to see a version of this game that takes place in other historic locations during developmental periods. This game is a must for anyone who loves French history, 19th century art, or classical music. There's a lot I didn't touch on with the story, so I would still definitely recommend checking it out for yourself if you've watched this long. On this podcast, I'll assign every game I review with a certain S-word. And the S-word I choose for Aviary Attorney is... Sharp. Sharp for its clever use of public domain assets, Sharp for how you'll feel for solving this game's puzzles, and Sharp for how lovely these birds are dressed. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Triple S Games. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here, and please subscribe for the next episode if you enjoyed this one, or leave a rating to tell us what you thought, or even just tell a friend who you think would like this podcast. For making it this far, here's a fun fact. Chickens are more intense than you thought. Despite being known as a symbol of cowardice, chickens are notorious cannibals and will brutalize injured chickens in their own flocks. Another fun fact, sometimes hens will just turn into roosters. If something happens to their ovaries, they might take on the physical traits of roosters, and isn't that neat? I, for one, support our trans roosters of the world. This has been Mackenzie with Triple S Games, and thank you for tuning in.